0: This is Market Insights, the Market Pulse podcast by Oanda.
1: I'm Johnny Hart. And I'm Trader Nick. Welcome back to the Market Insights, Market Pulse podcast. And today we're joined by Oanda Senior Market Analyst, Ed Moyer in New York. Good afternoon from
0: London, Ed. How are you, sir? It's great to be back on. Indeed. We've had plenty of US data over the last few days and it's been a good week for the dollar. Big question is, Why?
2: Well, we've had uh, quite the rally in the dollar. I think it's the best week since February. Euro hitting that one-month low. And it seems that we've had a little bit of uh, um, some there, – there's been some market positioning here that got overdone, but a little bit of flight to safety. Um, when, you, when you take a look at you know some of the, the, the stress that remains on Wall Street, uh, banking jitters have not gone away. Uh, debt ceiling talks are – Everyone knows that you know in, in a few weeks this is going to become a lot more tense, but the drama is building. And uh, I, I think when you take a look at the data, we had a, a, a very uh, telling University of Michigan sentiment report where uh, uh, stagflation risks are back on the table. And uh, I, I think this is this is a market that is uh, kind of going back and forth. You know, what type of recession are we going to have? You know, is the Fed really done? We're getting some pushback that maybe they're not, I think that's uh, something that, uh, you know, this is a a very uh, interesting period where we are in the market because there's been so much expectation that the Fed was done raising rates, uh, disinflation trends were firmly entrenched, and we've gotten a lot of resilience out of this economy. So I think, uh, you know, we're, we're, and we're anticipating, you know, a major hit to small and medium-sized businesses once that credit crunch really uh, kicks in. So um, a lot of risks on the table, and uh, that's led to uh, a little bit of safety here, and that's that's given the dollar a little bit of a boost.
1: Yeah, I was going to ask, even uh, I wanted to hear more in terms of, Ed, your thoughts about specifically what you said about the, the debt ceiling, because, of course, uh, inflation numbers showed some mild levels of cooling this week for uh, for the U.S. economy. And, and you know, my, my thought would be that that would have a little bit more way on the dollar. But you mentioned risk concerns. You talked about that debt ceiling. Um, I wanted to ask you, Put you on the spot for a second in terms of the the uh, the debt ceiling. How impactful do you think that will be as a bigger story? Do you think that's something that's going to sort of blow over uh, market headlines quickly? Uh, do you think they're going to draw it out? I know that in the past one uh, the past scenario where we saw something like this, uh, you know, Republicans and Democrats alike, they sort of. Uh, uh, dragged it out to the very end spooked the markets a little bit and then eventually it sort of blowed over so I'd be curious what are your thoughts debt ceiling wise I know probably a lot of the viewers as well are curious to see or to hear uh, your thoughts maybe on uh, how impactful that will be headline wise going forward I love the question and I think we'
2: we're, we're gonna find out is President Biden you know the, the great deal maker that he claims to be uh, when he was vice president he helped you know you know, deliver uh, successful uh, negotiations in the past. And uh, I I think there's this, uh, I think, as we kind of pay attention to all the the headlines, you know, the updates, they're going to meet, they meet, they cancel a meeting. But then the reason they cancel the meeting is really because the staffers are talking, they're communicating um, amongst each other. So uh, there's there's pretty much high expectations that um, we're not going to default. Now, given the makeup and you know not to dive too deep into politics uh uh the republicans um uh, they might have a difficult time you know deciding on which concessions to make and speaker mccarthy is you know hanging on a thread with his leadership so there, there are some potential risks here um are they higher than they were back in 2011 probably um you know so so what i what i i give it, you know, some people were saying it's a 2% chance that we could default. I think it's much higher than that. It's probably closer to 10 or 20. Um, but uh, I, I think there's still strong optimism that, you know, we're not going to see the market stress until we're a lot closer to that X date. And we're, we're still going to get more data, more more updates from uh, Secretary Yellen. So um, I think you know, some of the initial analysis done suggests that we might have more cash on hand, so maybe the the June 1st deadline is is it's going to be a little bit later than that. Um, regardless, I think there's high expectations that you know this will get resolved, or um, they'll they'll kick it kick the can down the road and maybe in two months' time. Even though they said they're not going to do that, I think that would they would still resort to that versus a default. So. Um, uh, Will, will we see some stress in the markets? That would help you know, push for a deal to get done, uh, but that probably won't take place until we're a lot closer to uh, whatever the um, expected uh, X date becomes because I think we will get an update soon.
1: Yes, very insightful, of course, uh, for myself even too, just trying to evaluate markets are so interesting they they're so fickle they're so emotional right they pay attention to things uh, sometimes very very briefly and other times they sit and they sit on it for a very long time uh, you know for example like when when inflation was namely uh, named transitory uh, the markets just kept talking about it over and over for months on end whereas I, that's my curiosity with the the, um, the debt crisis potential the fear there uh, you know I, I would generally agree with you I don't think that there's any serious likelihood that they default on the debt. But despite that, markets, again, they're emotional. They trade based off these things. And I think it could cause for some interesting moves as uh, as things develop. So definitely interesting there.
0: Guys, can we switch to this side of the Atlantic now? And uh, Nick, no surprises from the Bank of England after that 25 basis point rise on Thursday. But I suppose the big question for UK borrowers is how... Many more rises are we likely to see. A few weeks ago, many suggested it would be one and done, but the mood music at the moment, I think,
1: suggests otherwise. Yeah, no, and I think it was an interesting uh, conversation I had with uh, with yourself and Craig. I think it was last week we t- discussed a little bit about uh, you know the Bank of England and how many rate hikes are coming. I think that you know they had the twenty five basis points uh, as expected, like you said, no real surprises there. But they also sort of coupled it with uh, revised forecasts showing more strength to the UK economy, some confidence there. To your point, uh, sort of alludes to the idea that rate hikes are not done for them. And uh, Craig, on a recent conversation him and I had here on the podcast, we discussed uh, his thoughts and he was saying perhaps two, maybe even three. Uh, again, the forecasts are sort of varying, uh, but the, the fact remains double digit inflation is a real, real hard issue for people. Um, you know, for the British people. And it's just, a, it's a serious issue for any central bank to deal with such high levels of inflation. The question will be whether or not, um, you know, Sort of slow down in other places. Will do the work for the Bank of England, or how many more rate hikes will they really need to do? Uh, in my opinion, you know, the 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 pound looks really strong. I'm not necessarily super bullish on the the dollar. So my my tendency is when looking at the pound, I think that there's upside uh, for the time being. We're seeing it trade lower uh, right now. We're we're trading just under 1.25 at the time of recording. Uh, the pound gave back a substantial uh, move to the upside that it had earlier this week again amidst all this dollar strength so my opinion i think that there's opportunities uh, to see the pound higher of course we'll see if that plays out and if anything changes you guys will hear it on the podcast as always
0: and i'm starting to wonder whether inflation is almost immune to these rate rises and at what point it is actually affected by what the bank of england does because we've had the specter of what they call uh, greedflation with uh, a lot of the big supermarkets supposedly uh, keeping their prices high when actually they're not passing on the 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 inflation drop in say wholesale prices and it does make you wonder at what point is it really going to have an effect
1: and I think also you know just bringing it back to this side for a moment, we've seen core remain incredibly sticky. And to your point, it definitely sometimes feels that way where these rate hikes just keep coming. And yet the number is so stuck. Uh, I would actually love again, to bring in the expert Ed himself. What is keeping core? Did you get a chance to look at all with, with core? Uh, what is being so stubborn? I know I saw used cars were up a good bit. Is there anything else that you saw that was uh, that was interesting on the the CPI report this week?
2: I think for me, um, you know, shelter prices are, f- for, for the longest time, uh, you know, been, been elevated. They keep going up. And when you take a look at rents, all the surveys are suggesting, uh, okay, we're, we're going to see shelter prices tumble pretty hard. Uh, but there's a big lag. And uh, I think one of the reasons why there's optimism that inflation is going to come down is because, um, um, you know, these, the, this, this movement higher in shelter prices, which was the largest contributing factor, um, th- that's going to ease up um you know, probably in the next few months. Um, but uh, I think it's really about core services uh, that's remaining sticky, uh, and uh, you know we need to see more weakness in the service sector. And uh, that part of the economy has been resilient, uh, and uh, that that's you know, complicating things. Uh, I think I think you know for for us, you know, we had you know the headline inflation number came down to five below five percent. Uh, core was still at five and a half, um, and and uh, that's you know, that's pretty high. I mean, it's it's not as it's not as bad as uh, it is across the pond. Not to to bring us back there, but uh, I I think that you're 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 probably seeing here um, <clears throat> inflation is going to you know when when you see inflation come down from six to four percent, that's pretty easy. Um, I think, um, but but when, once we get to four. And then to try to get to three is going to be a lot harder. And then from three to two, um, you know, that's when we're going to be talking about maybe we're going to have to change our inflation target. Um, so potentially, uh, you're, you're looking here at, uh, you know, the, the U.S., I think, is still in a good position where they can hold. They can still justify that, um, even given the surging inflation expectations uh, and uh, stagflation fears. I think we'll be talking about stagflation a little bit more uh, going forward. Uh, but in, for the UK, it, they, they have a lot more work to do. And uh, I think uh, that's going to justify, um, at the very least, uh, two more uh, rate hikes. Um, but um, uh, no, I, I think we're, we're looking at uh, – we're getting close to the end of tightening. Um, it'll be here – a lot sooner than o- over there, uh, but uh, I think that's been heavily priced in the markets already, and that's why we've already seen so much dollar um, weakness ahead, uh, and now we're we're starting to see a, a nice rebound here in the dollar, and we'll, we'll see what happens um, going forward, but, uh, you know, people are not looking to hedge FX risk. Options volatility is low. dollar has really tumbled, so... Um, if people are not, you know, if, if the institutional traders are not hedging for big volatility, uh, that's a little bit concerning. So we'll we'll see what happens. But um, we could have some choppy markets, I think, over the next month or so.
0: Let's talk some uh, oil now. And uh, it was lower earlier on, partially, you said to me, off air because of uh, the latest uh, China data. I note that uh, it has since recovered and is up about 1% today
2: it's comical because just an over out an hour ago, I was talking to Bloomberg and we were discussing about how oil's just steady and it's doing nothing. Um, it, no, well, oil, oil is oil is uh, oil's had so many drivers this week. Uh, you know, it started off with China. China had disappointing money metrics. Uh, uh, all the data from China has been uh, disappointing. The recovery has not impressed whatsoever. Uh, China is, you uh, you know, Key importer of oil, and and, and and we're we're seeing that uh you know if China's economy is strong and robust you know they, they could be responsible for for a roughly three to five dollar move higher in oil. So um, their disappointment is is keeping prices heavy. Uh, but what's countering that is uh you, you have the, the the White House Energy Secretary Granholm signaling that finally some more clarity on when are we going to fill that SPR. Um, and saying that they could do it as uh, early as June. Um, so, so it, it seems that you know the the U.S. had to fill the SPR before the end of the year, um, and and they signaled that they were looking to do it when oil was around the seventy dollar level. Uh, so, so this is. You know, it's been expected. It, it's it's happening probably a little bit sooner than some people were anticipating. Um, so that's providing some underlining support here. Uh, I, I, I think for for oil, you know, there's so many. You know, we could talk about some of the disruptions with Iraq's flows, wildfires in Canada. There's 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 so many key key drivers right now. But I think right, you know, for for the most part, you're having demand concerns for the U.S. and China. That's mainly why um, you know oil is behaving like that. You know, technically right now oil is turning higher. It did flip to Contango, uh, which is bullish for, for prices. And um, I, I think overall, you know, we're, we're 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 trying to get a sense of you know how bad of a recession is the U.S. going to have. Some people would say, Ed, are you even sure they're going to have one? <laughs> um, but but I, I think I think that you're you're probably looking at a lot more disappointing demand outlooks short-term, but they should improve, I think, pretty, pretty strongly. Even the OPEC monthly report this week suggested a much more improvement, a significant improvement with Chinese demand um, going forward. So so I, th- I think oil is, you know, what's the range? I, you know, I think last time I said 70 to $80, um, that's for WTI. That's probably still going to be um, where we See it trade around, um, and, and uh, I think what's interesting today is, you know, we even heard from Iraq. And one of the more interesting stories is OPEC. What, what are they going to do? Um, they've they, they delivered that surprise cut production, uh, and and now are they going to actually comply with it? Well, it looks like they are. Uh, and and uh, Iraq though today says that they don't anticipate uh, OPEC deciding to cut uh, to deliver further cuts at the next meeting. It's uh, very premature. But for them to even comment that, you know, it's kind of bringing it on people's radar that, you know, well, we don't believe that. And if oil is below $70 a barrel, you'll probably see uh, that this market could be, uh, you know, bracing for uh, further, uh, you know, production cut risks from OPEC+. So we'll see what happens. But uh, overall, I think this oil market is starting to find some support here. So we'll, we'll see if prices can rebound a little bit more or if we'll just consolidate here around the low 70s for WTI.
1: Yeah, just reflecting on what you said there about oil, uh, you know, finding a little bit of a bounce here. What I find interesting, just from uh, to turn to the technicals for a moment, is you have, uh, you know, 65, 66 holding very well uh, for U.S. oil here. And I think that any squeeze to the upside, maybe putting it at some sort of higher high next week, could be very interesting, could be telling uh, to see if that bottom truly will hold. And then also in reflection to everything that happened this week, gold was an interesting one because initially on the CPI numbers that came out uh, on Wednesday. We had a pop to the upside, some strength there, and it looked, in my opinion, like we were going to see a retest of uh, you know, the highs around 2050, 2060, somewhere in that range um, that we that we put in uh, last week. So we didn't quite see that, though. It was erased by some of the dollar bullishness, which uh, admittedly had me a little uh, caught by surprise that we talked about earlier. Uh, gold, where it currently sits, in my opinion, still seems uh, like it's found a floor uh, at around 2,000. I think that there's a big psychological level. Uh, we tagged just shy of that here this morning at the time of recording this podcast podcast. podcast. We found a little bit of a a bid there around the 2000 mark yet again. It will be very interesting to see next week if it can push off that and uh, maybe head back to the highs, or if it's going to break back under 2000, uh, that could be sort of a a, a more of just choppy sideways market for gold. So uh, that's where I'm watching gold going into next week.
2: Gold has definitely become a a favorite trade for many. I I think you know, given the macro backdrop, you have geopolitical stress, debt ceiling impasse, regional bank issues. Uh, it, it it just seems that, you know, the fundamentals just keep lining up for, uh, you know, uh, more support for those bullish calls for gold. And, And I think what we're also starting to see though, is that, you know, it's important to, you know, what drives gold. And we've seen robust central bank buying. We've seen improved physical demand. Um, but the physical demand needs to come out of China and India. And because, uh, China's recovery has disappointed their their yes they are they are purchasing more gold. The the, the high frequency data shows that. Uh, but I think for India, it's becoming a little bit expensive. So you are starting to see a little bit of weakness on the physical markets. So um, I think, you know, the, the gold trade is, uh, you know, you, you have some aggressive calls out there, 2,400, 2,500 for gold. Uh, and, you know, everyone's trying to get a sense. is Are we going to see the rally like we did in the early 80s? And I, I think you're, you're probably going to see that you need to have the catalyst there. It seems like they're a bunch of, uh, potential, uh, triggers. And, uh, but, but I, I think, you know, in this case, you definitely want to have your alert set and, uh, <laughs> um, um, you no, know, I think the, you know, the, the market is, uh, still positioned here for, uh, um, you know, need for safe havens. And, uh, you know, even as the de-dollarization, you know, story gets tossed around, uh, that's been actually, actually benefiting gold as well. So I, I think you're probably going to see, um, you know, a lot of investors they're saying like, well, if they want to, you know, if they don't want to be heavily exposed to dollars, you know, what are they going to do? Go to the euro or yen? Uh, there's some skepticism on that. Um, the yen might be a strong outperformer, but it, you know, the the the, the, uh, the carry trade will kill it uh, a little bit. So, so I, I think you, you're probably going to see that. You know, gold is uh, becoming very attractive, and it's starting to be looked on uh, by uh, you know some of the, you know, not so normal. Um, gold investor types. so um, we'll, we'll look to see if etfs start to turn positive to uh, or continue to to become positive and and that that could uh you know seal the faith for higher gold prices
0: okay finally uh guys i wanted to round off with uh, the latest uh, from crypto world ed
2: it seems that um even the sec uh is uh itching to deliver some clarity on uh, regulation um you know um Hester Pierce uh, providing some of the comments, acknowledging uh, what Europe has uh, accomplished with their uh, set of crypto rules. I think that um, we've seen crypto really, as uh, I think I've highlighted over the past few weeks, uh, it's in a range. (laughs) It's uh, it's, uh, softening. Um, uh, When we've seen some sell-offs on Wall Street, crypto has started to show more risky asset tendencies. So, um, we're, we're still waiting still waiting for more um uh, clarity on what's going to happen with binance what's going to happen with regulation um but uh no i think uh, it's still attracting interest it's still use case arguments are improving um and uh, we'll see what happens um but right now it's just wait and see mode
0: ed and nick thanks very much for joining the podcast today have a very good weekend
1: all right thank you so much always a pleasure
2: Market Insights, the Market Pulse podcast by Oanda.